Ethan Hunt and his IMF team must track down a dangerous weapon before it falls into the wrong hands. This is Mission Impossible 7, colon, Dead Reckoning, dash, part one. The uh, review of it. You've reached Hall in Mockery. This is an unofficial uh, Mission Impossible podcast. We yep. have to say that because there is one that is official. That's fine. No, that's great. It's that's good. good for them. It's good. I'm really happy for them. <clears throat> so, Landon, and I'm Joey. Huh? We are going to be uh, reviewing the movie now. Mission Impossible Dead yes. Reckoning Part One. How do we get into this? I mean, what do you what do you have we done a Mission Impossible review before? I don't think so, pal. No, I don't think we did. When did Fallout come out? Years ago. Six years ago? Years That's got to be wrong. Yeah, it's probably three, four yeah. years ago, maybe. And for my money, the best Mission Impossible movie. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of the best action movies. Maybe one of the best movies. Yeah. But we'll save our thoughts about this one for the end. Yes. In our final, in our definitive ranking. It was thus five far. years ago. Wow. So we meet up with Ethan Hunt uh-huh. after the events of Fallout, where he kind of says, they kind of say, okay, he doesn't care about his wife anymore. Mm-hmm. She's happier without him. He can, I guess, pursue a weird relationship with Ilsa, Rebecca Ferguson's character. Mm-hmm. But that's like never really defined for the audience or for them, it seems like. Uh, and we pick up with this movie. Well, first off, we pick up with this movie in a submarine. Yeah. And when this starts, I immediately go, uh-oh, boring. <laughs> <laughs> I've never met a submarine movie that I've enjoyed. I've never met a submarine that I liked. Yeah. I mean, I'm immediately like, I'm holding my breath. I'm like, get me the hell out of here. This thing's too small. I'm like, how do they shower? Where does the water come from? I'm starting to think about sub things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I... Oh, and we should mention we saw this uh, on the only local IMAX that's not um, like two or three hours away. Yes, we are not local yokels. We, had we to, did see it on the local IMAX. We decided kind of on a whim to go check it out on the IMAX, the biggest screen we could find. Mm-hmm. And it's only because of Barbenheimer. Yeah. It's only going to be in the IMAX screens for a, about a week. Even though TC tried, he called everyone. You will play my movie for longer than a week. You will. We need to have it for at least two weeks. Best I can do is a week in AF if you release it on a Wednesday. For what he did for everyone, right? <laughs> when he was on the phone with the producers every night. Yeah. How are we going to make movies? Yeah. And Gene Wilder's like, I don't know. <laughs> um, like, Please stop calling this number. So we had to go because we said it's going to be out in a week. Yeah. Which is crazy because they have to put another movie where. And I thought, well, Oppenheimer, 
and I will see it on the IMAX, but it is going to be people's faces for three hours. Big yeah. faces. Giant faces. Turns out. So especially <laughs> impossible. Huge faces. <laughs> the closest close-ups I ever did see. The closest. They tilt the camera to fit their face even bigger on the screen. Because <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. if we tilt it. If we tilt it, we can, can see. Take up the diagonal. Yeah. We can see how watery their eyes are. We don't even have to give them a haircut, as, <laughs> as DPs often say. When they cut a little of the top of your head off, we <laughs> so yes, we're in the sub. so we're in the sub and it's huge on the screen. And we're saying interesting, uh, interesting way to start the movie, right? Yes. So we establish that we need these two keys to turn on and off this uh, entity. We'll come to yeah. know it as, um, and we, we established the computer is the radar is. Uh, Picking up that there's an enemy ship, mm. and this is a this is a submarine that can never be spotted. It's gone for like months now that, without being spotted by any enemy craft. Mm -hmm. But suddenly there's a blip on their radar, and it shoots a torpedo. But then it goes off, and they're like, "Oh, thank God!" But they shot a torpedo to counter, and that torpedo comes back and blows up their ship. Yeah, and it kills them all. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. You're like, God, what the heck happened? Mm -hmm. Because I thought it was going to be Ethan down there. Yeah, I kept waiting for him to show up. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was going to be, like, driving the other sub. <laughs> yeah, or just it was like a one-man submersible, and he was going to, like... I also, because of that, in the the one of the best scenes in a movie ever from Fallout, where they trap the guy, there's a, there's a big... You know, they fake it with Wolf Blitzer. Right. That entire scene. Yeah. Which is just crazy. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, I thought maybe it was something like that where there's there's some sort of testing going on and something's sure. not working or... Oh, I don't yeah. know. I'm I'm thinking of all these things. Right. But I'm no, Kind it's... of one of those guys that thinks about stuff. Yeah. I don't need to get into it here, but I'm just kind of... I'm always thinking. It's kind of weird. I'm kind of different. So... So you thought it was going to be like a danger room... Kind of. In I thought maybe, it, or like, like in Monsters Inc. Beep beep. Let's try it from the top. Yeah, and then like a kid pops up in bed, but he's a robot. Uh -huh. I thought it was gonna be like that. Maybe yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I that would have been really stupid. It's just funny that the the sub is gone, and then they're like, hmm, "Must have been a." <laughs> it's like it looks like a submarine on the radar. Yeah. Is that just how you? Because well, it shows they, what a torpedo looks like. So it's not like just whenever you see a, something on mm -hmm. the radar, it shows up as a sub. And a torpedo looks a lot like a toy-pedo, which is a mm. toy that I had for the pool when I was a kid. Yeah, you point and... No, it doesn't work like that. You have It has to be under the water. Oh. And you throw it. Well, I'm Babe Ruth. So then we catch up with Ethan and the gang. Well, blows it up. Ship blows up. All the guys, and so we then the guys float. The guys float to the top, and yes, we established this. There's some computer. There's a ghost in the machine. Yeah, some computer virus-looking type of dealy bob that we'll find out is AI and is known as the entity, and it can throw parties. It can take over your laptops. It can make you be. Yeah, it can be you. It can be you. It can sound like you, which is actually pretty. Interesting in a meta sense that AI is the villain of this movie. 
Well, actually, our AI is not going to be doing stuff like that. Yes, it is. Zuckerberg. Uh, where do we meet Ethan in the gang? Um, he orders takeout. Yes, yes, And yes. the little takeout <laughs> man comes in and he goes, the, ra- the raven shits at midnight. <laughs> and he's like, the raven, the raven, the raven, the raven. And the kid goes, okay, here you go. And he's like, you need to say nevermore. You need to say the raven shits nevermore. He goes, oh, right, right, right. And he goes, hey, by the and BTW, mm-hmm. welcome to the IMF. Yeah. Sounds like someone you shouldn't have working for you. Yeah. Guy's an idiot. Guy's His an one idiot. job <laughs> is to deliver the stuff. And they said, ask him this and then ask him this. He forgot the second part. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because Ethan, well, it's kind of the, it's the paradox of Ethan, right? Ethan oh, Hunt. That's my book. <laughs> Ethan Hunt is a perfectionist, mm. and yet everyone around him constantly kind of screws up. Mm-hmm. And he does too. He does too, but it's usually because the equipment is faulty, right. or like it's not because he makes a mistake. Usually, mm-hmm. it's more of like Benji messes up, or the equipment malfunctions, or. Ba, ba, ba. He got the wrong intel. Mm-hmm. But this guy just messes up and he's like, well, anyway, welcome to the thing where you have to be as perfect as possible or the whole world explodes. Yeah. But Ethan, this movie, more than any of the others, posits a world in which Ethan is Superman and cares so much about every le- living soul on Earth equally, mm-hmm. basically, <laughs> that. He will he will abandon everything if it means saving everyone. What's the difference between saving one person and a million people? I don't think he can choose. He can't. He'd rather rip himself in half. Like SpongeBob. And at this point in the movie, um, the woman sitting next to Landon is <laughs> opening... I don't know, just bags of like unpopped popcorn, <laughs> plastic wrappers on magazines. Someone's phone goes off. <laughs> yes. I was taken so out of. Yeah. We get to see Ethan for the first time, and I hear like. <laughs> I thought it was coming from the screen. Because <laughs> no. the kid walks out because he goes, Hey, welcome to the IMF. And it was like. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, that's a weird choice. <laughs> someone's phone was going off. Someone's opening a cheese stick. I'm like, Shut up. The whole Shut time. Shut up. The whole time she was opening <laughs> various little candies and passing them to her little friend who's also opening them. I, yeah, I, I couldn't concentrate for half the movie. So I was just hearing. <laughs> and always the quiet moments. Just open it. Oh, the woman he loves is getting killed. <laughs> Unwrap them before you come in. Or just do it quickly. Because when you try to do it slow, you take more time and it's not any. When you try to be quiet, or, it's yeah, louder. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. So. You try to do it quiet, it takes. Longer. Just think about that. So we meet him. He gets the mission, right? He gets the mission, which is always a little, uh, a little much for me to take in the first <laughs> go around. Yeah. Because it's just pure exposition. By design. Yes. But it's a cool way to do it. And I like it. Usually it's cooler, though. But I'm like, 
we got the sub thing and I'm trying to figure out, I'm like, but why did it turn on? Cause the, why is there this one? The entity is in the sub, correct? Yeah. And so they were testing it. I'm a little confused. I'm guessing we're going to get some more, I don't know, information in part two. Well, that's what some of the big complaints about this movie are like, why Gabriel is doing what he's doing? Why, why and what is the entity? And to that, I I understand the questions because I'm a little confused too, but also this more than anything else, it's telling you it's part one. It's it's a lot of setup, and they've said as much. Yeah, I mean, the director said this movie is set up. Yeah, but at the same time, like, yeah, why is it in the sub? But it's throwing parties somewhere else. <laughs> but like the main component that you can you know destroy or whatever right. is in this sub. Right. And how was it getting power at this point in mm-hmm. a sub that exploded? I don't know. So it was a little. A little, I, I'm I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt because it is part one that we'll find out in part two. Part yeah. of it is scary for me because I know that they write these movies as they're going along. Yeah. And they decide at the last minute, like, actually, the way she looked at me, her character should actually be an arms dealer. And he's like, but that changes the rest of the movie. And he's like, McHugh, let's go. <laughs> and then they, you know, like in the middle of filming. So I'm yeah. like, okay, well, I'll give it. I'll give you that. But it's, yes, they get on. Uh, so then we get the rest of the mm. the setup, mm. which is about the entity, essentially. That it's AI, that it can, I don't know. It can do a lot of stuff. That's. It can do a lot of stuff. It's become sentient. Mm-hmm. Do we get that in the exposition or in the mission? Uh, gosh, we really should have done this the day that we saw the movie. <laughs> Dang. Ah, oh, well. We get it at some point. Yeah, okay. So, okay, he accepts the mission as he does. Uh, then we go to Kittredge and the little group of U.S. government people. Right? Yeah, you've got... Carrie Elways, Carrie, who's... Yeah. Not a good actor and never has been, <laughs> but we just keep getting excited when he's in stuff because he was in The Princess Bride, I guess. Uh, so he's there. Still don't know if he's British or not. It doesn't matter. He's bad at acting. <laughs> that makes me think he's not British. Yeah, that's true. Usually yeah. they are good. He's got chap lips. Uh, <laughs> he's talking- And I like, again, this is another case of I'm sure he's a good guy. And for some reason, I get excited when I see him. Yeah. But then he opens his mouth and I remember he's bad. I like him too. I like him. It's like in Psych. Yeah. When he's bad. Yeah. But he's like, hello again. And it's like, you're kind of bad, but I still have fun. When he's in Psych, it at least fits because it seems like, well, we don't need to get into Psych. But it for that character, it works because you the whole time you're questioning if he is just playing a part. I agree with that, and at the same time, I'm still he's like still bad. He's, Carrie Elway is doing something. Yeah, but we get him in this. Kittredge is there. We're all like, <sighs> <laughs> they do. Yeah, they hold off on revealing Kittredge for a while. Yeah, because they have to bring in like the crypt keeper, <laughs> and we say, okay, that's someone in a mask. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's. There's a little. There's. Look, I love these movies. Of course, I don't think I have a bad thing to say about any of them, as far as I can remember. Um, it's just weird how much they stick. 
they stay on this guy and like then he's behind someone as they're talking. Yeah. And it's like, are they gonna kill them? And I get I get why. It's just funny that it's like I okay, we know it's like why don't you just have them be in the room or they come in late or whatever, and that's the last we see of them until mm-hmm. they pull out the little face the little Star Wars face breathe thing, you know? Right. Because it's like, okay, then I'm just waiting for that, and mm-hmm. I'm sitting through more exposition. Right. That's I, th- I think there is probably two or three scenes too many of, like, reestablishing the thing, which we don't need because the, the plot essentially is, from the very beginning, we establish AI, sentient AI, all of the world governments want it, and that's what we're establishing in this mm-hmm. little conversation. The U.S. government wants to control it. All of the governments want to control it. They have information about where one of the keys is. So there's two keys that we have to find to connect, to turn it off, or to control it. And Ethan wants to kill it. Mm-hmm. He's the only one with the foresight to say, well, this can't go well yeah. for anyone. He's, no one can control it. Yeah, he's being sag in this. He's being sag. <laughs> um, but that, and then there's one sort of zealot, true believer in the AI Gabriel, who is also has some connection to Ethan from the past that we don't, we get little glimpses of, and I'm sure we'll discover more of that. I was confused by that. Yeah. The way they did the flashbacks, I thought I completely forgot (laughs) something from the first film because they brought back Kittredge. Right. And so I'm like, okay, so they're bringing back some originals, Mm -hmm. uh, some fan favorites. (laughs) Yes. And, um, but now his blood vessel and his eyes about to burst if you talk to him anymore. And then they bring Gabriel Mm -hmm. and they show these flashbacks in a way that's like, remember? Right. And it's like, uh, no. Right. And I had to look, I looked it up afterwards because I was like, is he? And I I read an article, it was like, you might be confused Mm -hmm. because you think you know who he is. Yeah. Because I'm like, I don't know who this woman is. And so they set up this, like, he killed someone that Ethan... But I have no connection to them. Yeah. And it just seemed like they needed something. They needed a person... They needed personal stakes for this because it it is sort of, like, a weird nebulous idea of, like, the enemy is artificial intelligence. You That's not... You can't fight anyone. Mm. You can't tackle onto the top of a train an AI. So we need someone to be the face of it, and it works better if it's someone from his past that. And then they they also fold in this idea, even as far even at the beginning with the delivery guy, mm-hmm. that like the IMF is now. It kind of reestablishes the IMF as a place for like criminals to be rehabilitated who have like special skills to like put them to good use. So. It, we're, I assume we're going to get some backstory of Ethan was in prison. I think they even mentioned like he got, he was released from prison and then the IMF found him. <laughs> or, I, I, I'm assuming that Gabriel shoots this lady in the flashback, sets Ethan up and he goes to prison and then is released and the IMF snatches him up and makes him work for them or gets, mm-hmm. he takes the oath or whatever it, all of this stuff felt like, we're veering into the sort of John Wick 
where it's like the assassins have their own little creed and you take an oath and you become this. And it's like, I don't, I like that. It's a secret part of the government. I don't, I don't need backstory. Mm. I don't give a shit who Ethan Hunt is. I want him to drive his helicopter into a mountain <laughs> and fight a guy with a mustache. And I want- that he works there, like, in my head, because mm-hmm. they set him up as, even in this one, mm-hmm. he can't choose between one person and a million people. Yeah. So why is it, like, wouldn't this be his choice? Like, I've always thought this was his choice. He wanted to be a part of this or a part of... The CIA, you know, somehow yeah. he got into. Well, I think that's what I think they wanted to establish a little bit of like after prison, he joined the IMF or whatever as kind of a like, oh, there's more to Ethan than we ever knew. But I'm sure in part two, they'll be like, well, he was set up. Yeah, he, he was. He wasn't in prison because he's a criminal. He actually was trying to do the right thing. And then the whole the whole point with Haley Atwell with when we get to that is like Ethan basically describes it as this is your second chance to make a choice to either help yourself or help the Mm. world. So that, that is in line with him. I feel like where he at this point in his life in the past, he had the choice to be selfish or selfless. And he chose selfless because that's who he is. He's Superman. But but then, so we're, there's a scene later where like Ving Rhames and Simon Pegg are like, we decided to take the oath. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but I know Benji was just a computer guy. <laughs> it's not like he, I mean, he worked for IMF, but so even like the geek squad of IMF, like were hackers for anonymous. And then they decided to take the oath and help the world to be good guys. To, and- yeah. I don't know. I just don't. I think the less backstory on what the IMF with, is, the with better. With them, I, ha- I have less issue just because it's like whenever you've got your hackers and stuff, there's always people that are like, but I'm like, I'm doing it kind of in this anarchist sort of way. But then I've come to like help the government. But at the same time, the IMF, which has been true the whole time, is sort of like will disavow you right. if anything happens. Like you yeah. work for us, but you're basically we're giving you permission to do Things that are illegal, but yeah. they're still going to be illegal. Right. And so, like, that's cool. Which, and the other government officials in that room mm-hmm. at the, in the opening, they don't even know IMF exists. Right. And he's like, the what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> the impossible mission force. Yeah. And I'm like, don't make fun of the name. I know. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. It's the IMF. And then, but like, I like that they're a little scrappy gang of talented little freaks. Yeah. But Ethan for me is sort of like his, isn't his pain enough that he had to, (laughs) he can't be with his wife. Yeah. That he's watched all these people die. Mm -hmm. Why do we have to go? I don't know. There's, there's confusion as I was watching about that and the backstory. And then, Mm -hmm. okay, the setup, but actually he's going to become the most talented IMF agent in the world when they pull him out of prison. That's all like, just leave that. I just yeah he, we don't he we has don't need become it. this man <laughs> we don't need it he's and always I, been here and I don't need Gabriel to be like he doesn't need personal stakes no <laughs> his personal stakes are he literally cares so much about everyone on earth that he will do whatever it takes 
to win. I also have a problem about it later, but we'll get to it in the uh, story. Okay. So we all know that Ethan is the little guy with big eyes. Yep. And then he takes off his mask and it is Ethan. We're like, yeah, we know. Uh, and like you said, they establish this little freak walking into the building late. And they, there's too much setup for it to be like fun and clever when mm-hmm. he reveals himself. I yeah. mean, it's still fun because you're like, he's got a mask. But he it's takes always it off fun. like it's the. But it's when he takes it off. There's more of a like da 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 than when we first see him in the movie, which is the scene before that. I think like that should have been the first time we see him. Absolutely, and, and it probably was. But they because for better or worse, this is how they make the movies. They probably were like, you know, in the editing bay and were like, we should establish at some point that you have to like take an oath (laughs) to join the IMF or something. Because I think this movie more than the others that McHugh and Tom have been Mm -hmm. really at the helm of, you can kind of feel the sort of pace of like, and then this happens, and then this happens, mm-hmm. and it doesn't quite feel coherent, which is weird because it is a two part <laughs> like you would you would hope that this is the most planned out, mm-hmm. but that's just not how they do it, baby, and I'll give them the benefit of the doubt all day long and twice on Sunday. I think they <laughs> I think they <laughs> I think they <laughs> you can see it in the way that they're also editing the um all of this exposition, which I agree with you. I think we understand enough about it's AI and it can do these things. And, you know, it it's going to become some sort of God to these people. And yeah. they want it to take over their life, whatever. Mm-hmm. But we get like in this first part, there's three scenes where we're getting set up. It's like, here's a bunch of stuff at the sub. Here's a bunch of stuff with Ethan. Here's a bunch of stuff in the room with the officials. And it's yeah. like, I know that they thought. And I think when they were putting the story together, mm-hmm. it became this two-parter mm-hmm. because he's like, there's just so much to set up. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't, I really don't think there is. No. I don't think we need these extended scenes of like hammering it home to the viewer. Yeah. If what's going on because, and then there's so much of it. Like you could tell by the way they shot it, that they knew like, okay, he's going to be talking for this long. So I'm going to shoot it here, mm-hmm. and then we're going to shoot it down here, canted. And then in the middle of him talking, it cuts yeah. to an angle on the other side, yeah. which is also a stylistic thing. They've talked in the past about yeah. McHugh has said, if I and I can call him that because we're friends, mm-hmm. each movie has a specific lyric yeah, because they're all different directors. Mm-hmm. He said for, I believe, Fallout, he's like, I'm going to direct Fallout as since I did Rogue. whatever, Rogue. Uh, Rogue Nation. I want it to look different. Right. I want to keep that going. So I think when they went into these, he probably he probably had the same idea. Like, what's mm-hmm. the look of of these two going to be? And I think a lot of it is harkening back to De Palma's first Mission Impossible mm-hmm. because the canted angles, the sort of building tension through how you cut and shoot dialogue because the first movie is a lot of talking and stuff and there's a lot of callbacks to kittredge mm-hmm. the cl- the close-up hand magic and stuff which is kind of done cleverly in the first movie and establishes ethan as this sort of jack of all trades mm-hmm. so there's a lot of that stuff so i think you're right where he's like i think 
I I just my my biggest issue with it is that I don't think the this story is mm. that intriguing to warrant all of the like setting up like this thing could take over the world. Like you're saying it, but it is so ethereal almost. Like it's yeah. just this theoretical thing that that's happening is that this computer can can think for itself and it just came out of nowhere which mm-hmm. is a lot of the movies because they're serialized well, but it's like okay that's my <laughs> thing with it like all basically all of the movies are they have to stop someone from exploding the earth or mm-hmm. something like there's a bomb they have to defuse there's a torpedo they have to defuse there's a rocket they have to stop it's it's all the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is just like the newer version of that, which is cool. I like, like I said, the the sort of meta commentary of like the last sort of action movie star destroying AI by doing real stunts and like being a Buster Keaton type mm-hmm. where he's like putting him his life on the line to perform his art him being the one to destroy AI for good. I like that. Mm-hmm. I love it, actually. I think that's really smart and cool and a fun way to kind of interact with what's going on in the real world. But too many scenes describing it. We get it. <laughs> and at the end of the day, it still is just them stopping a bomb or you know it's it's the same concept of we need two keys to to turn off the thing that is the enemy and it's I, always that i just wish <laughs> so this, the start would have been a little different where it's not yeah. like the sub thing there because there are interesting aspects to this which are the idea that um truth is going to become obsolete. Right. Truth will be made in the image of what the entity wants you to believe. Mm-hmm. And then they have this scene where they go to a bunch of people with like analog, like typewriters. Mm-hmm. Like we're trying to save knowledge. Right. <laughs> like right. Yeah. there are these things that even seem like it would be in an Indiana Jones type thing where there's uh-huh. just like this huge room of all these people, like making sure they're saving history. Yeah. And there are things like that. I'm like, focus on that. And that, cause I'm too confused about like, and it wants to blow up Russia. Like <laughs> there, like, I don't, yeah. there are interesting ideas yeah. with that, which is like, which it, like you're saying, it, it kind of goes into what people think we're dealing with now with it, which mm-hmm. like, it's gonna, you're not going to know what's real or not. Those are scary things. And it's different than it's going to, a bomb is going to go off somewhere. Yeah. Like it, the world is going to change in a way that is going to, I don't know. F- I, you can focus on that stuff. Yeah. And I'm, look, I'm no McHugh. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just, no, no, these stating. are some good ideas. Well, it, and it is interesting too of like, and maybe they'll get into some of the stuff, but like the IMF with their masks and stuff, mm-hmm. they, their whole thing has been sort of the subterfuge, the espionage, the creating a reality that isn't true mm-hmm. to get what they want. And so that that their enemy is sort of the a version of that that they can't compete with is cool, mm-hmm. but nothing is really done with that. No, so, so maybe may, maybe it will be, but 
when where we leave the movie, it seems like they're going to. I mean, obviously, there's going to be probably another three hour movie for part two, but I, they kind of win, mm-hmm. and then they they need to find where the sub is, but mm-hmm. they know what they're looking for, and the 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 thing I'm most upset is with is that we're going to have to do an underwater thing and which is just never as compelling as it is cool <laughs> that he held his breath but at the same time it's it's not uh real mm-hmm. like he held his breath and whatever but all of the stuff going on is like cg yeah in uh whatever in rogue nation i just i mean even as far back as thunderball you underwater stuff you're everyone's slow mm. it's not visually that interesting i just i, I hope they spend more time <laughs> hopefully that's not ab- the like finale. in the arctic above yeah ground maybe that's where the movie starts where they're trying to get to the sub yeah i think they also go to south africa <laughs> to do some stuff because also like in fast i think it was fast eight where they're driving all the cars on yeah, the, yeah. In the ice and stuff like mm. Like someone already kind of did that, so yeah, I wonder yeah. what what you can do out there. I'm excited for whatever they do. I just I'm excited too. I just underwater stuff is always like boring. <laughs> like you were saying about please um the the sub the subterfuge and not submarine. No, no thank you. No. Slow, but that could have been something interesting to do with Gabriel too, where he's not. Like you're saying, we don't need the personal history. Mm. It could be who is this guy and why is he fighting for this entity? Like, like why is this computer his master? How did he get wrapped up in this? Why? And there's still that. Like, why yeah. did he become part of this? But he could just be a guy mm-hmm. and then they think they know his history and he's like, or do you? You know? Yeah. yeah. Like his... His past is obfuscated by this yeah. thing, so they don't know who he is still. Yeah. Because, I'll just say it, later on when he <laughs> kills Rebecca Ferguson's character uh-huh. in the same way he killed another woman in Ethan's life, right. I'm like, it's too much. That should be the moment that's like, <laughs> that's, he's, he's done it. Because yeah. now we already have he killed another woman he loved. Right. And now there's another woman that has to die for this Right. guy to be like okay now you've done it right that should be enough that should be enough like why do we need this person that we don't know yeah he killed someone else he cared about that no none of the other characters know either right like that should be the point where he's just like okay this is serious yeah. or whatever we i, I just don't because then it is personal at that point mm-hmm. that's when that's when luther needs to be like ethan well and it is don't that- <laughs> It is, but there's because he's like also tying in. He did it before. And right. Now there's this one, but, but yeah, it's like, that, that should be it. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like <laughs> you can still have all the same beats, but you're saving. I don't know, maybe five minutes of screen time, and it there's just doesn't matter. Me. Yeah, yeah. But I think the other reason that it it does have to be someone from Ethan's past is the entity is trying to kill Ethan. Because it has already crunched the numbers mm-hmm. and knows that Ethan is the only one that can kill it. Yeah. <laughs> which is just funny. It is funny. These like, one of you has to die, but we don't know which. Yeah. It's kind of like a St- Stephen King weird, like, 
yeah. entity says one of you must die yeah. for this path to like it it's taken all these yeah like it which is interesting too of like there's it, it, just, there's a predetermined I, thing that I, it, why isn't it clear in the movie though i feel like yeah. they're focusing on the wrong parts yeah like they're focusing so much on that kittredge is back and i'm like <laughs> what's his deal like he's mad about everything yeah and i don't know whose side he's on and yeah because he seems like a bad guy but then he's not. But then he's not. I don't know. Which he, he's kind of playing both sides because he has to. Yeah, but sort I'm of just thing. like, why? I, I don't care. I don't care about that. Talk about how this machine knows every possible future <laughs> and knows that Ethan Hunt is the <laughs> only person that can destroy it. That's what I just love. Everyone knows that he's a god. <laughs> and basically, doesn't someone say that where he's like, I think the little the fed mm. with the younger fed yeah the little partners doesn't he say like he's a he's an all-knowing uh fighting machine yeah. who can kill and escape any situation and basically he's a god he can run faster he can jump higher he can <laughs> yeah. live longer he can give you a noogie yeah. before you even see it coming he is not to be under 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 he's and he's gonna it, get you yeah and he's like okay <laughs> It's just funny that, which is also why I think maybe that guy with the takeout food mm -hmm. was like, I'm like, maybe he's famous to them. He probably knows. Like he yeah. got to bring him the stuff. And he's so he answers nervous. the first thing and he's like, okay, but he didn't act that nervous. No. He just acted more aloof. No. I mean, when you are McHugh's kid and you want to be in the movie. Yeah. So I don't know. Where do we go from here? Um, we, so the main point of the movie, uh -huh. he's got to get them keys. Yes. Right? Yeah. Two keys that when you put them together, they blink. Mm -hmm. I don't know how. Someone mentioned like dragon egg or something. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't they? Yeah. They, they I, said I kind of remember that. It could have been the lady sitting next to you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She was offering me. She's like, dragon egg? She finally got it out <laughs> of the pouch. Yeah. It was just one of those little eggs they used to put in oatmeal <laughs> that would crack open. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> Rebecca Ferguson's Ilsa Faust has one of the keys. Yes. She's in snow or sandstorm mm -hmm. land. He's got to go to. He's got to go find her before other people find her. According to Kittredge. Mm -hmm. Now, also according to Kittredge later, he hired or he put the bounty on her head. This is where the, yeah. all these movies get a little stupid where you're like, so what? 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 <laughs> She's got the key. You need to go get it from her. But he put the bounty on her head. You're the, I don't remember why he said he did it. I don't know. Cause he, like he literally, it just, he goes, yes, that's right. I put the bounty on her head. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, so someone could have killed her and taken the key right. and made it impossible for Ethan to find out where it was. Well, I think they would have given the key to him. Like he, he basically he hired. Oh, so they knew. So if Ethan failed, one of these guys still would have gotten the key back to Kittredge, but still it's like, was his hope then that just Ethan wouldn't kill her. He said, you're the only person she would trust to hand it over. Mm -hmm. Then just send him. Why 
why make because it a, now she's hiding from people that she's are out hiding to get her ethan could get killed she could get killed and in fact they pretend that she got killed for like two minutes seven minutes maybe <laughs> and then reveal that she in fact did not get killed which we knew yeah uh, all of the little twists were kind of predictable in a way that was disappointing it was of. disappointing after i'd watched fallout two days before and i yeah. said this is insane yeah even if having seen it before just like how many twists but twists that aren't like this where it's like okay come on yeah they're just things that are like that's awesome and <laughs> yeah. that's fun and that makes sense well, and usually they're a little more clever that's what i mean it's yeah. just like and he is actually he's the one that gave them the intel that they think Ethan's a terrorist, but actually it's him. Yeah. And how did he get that because of her? But actually she's not on the CIA side. Right. And it's like Yeah. This is like so we know she's not dead. You didn't need to do that. That's the thing. Like just that's not a twist. Mm-hmm. Because we saw Yeah. That she didn't. And then they cut back to that and it's like Maybe it's Ethan's telling of the story, but not in a way that really matters because then we all know she's alive. Yeah, I don't know. So anyway, so the good guys get half the key mm. or one of the keys. Yeah. And then the other key is with the white widow. Vanessa Kirby has the other one. Is that right? But we have to go to Rome. No, we're at, oh, no, we have to, they go to the airport, the airport. to sell the key. Yeah. This is where, it, now this is when I start to perk up Yeah. <laughs> because it's one of these great little things where the team is together and they're like, so we're going to go to the airport. We have to confirm that it's a real key mm-hmm. because there are duplicates. And so they need to meet up with need- the person that has the other key yeah. that's trying to buy it. So that they can confirm they're going to sell it to him. Yeah. And then get it back. Yeah. <laughs> so they're going to sell it to him so that they can put it together, confirm it's real, uh-huh. and then sell it back. Meanwhile. I just uh, love when Ethan. This has happened a couple times. I can't remember. I think Ghost Protocol where they're like, we just give. I think it's happened probably in all of them. Yeah. Where they're like, you, we just have to give the actual thing. <laughs> we have to give the bad guy the thing. Yeah, so like, the well, team's how are we like, gonna do that? And he's like, we give it to him. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna just sell the actual key to the guy, and he's like, yeah, we're going to, because <laughs> so they they're gonna sell it to him and then follow him wherever he goes to get the actual key or some shit. I don't know, but when we get to the airport, Haley Atwell, we'll call her Grace, mm-hmm. is there, and she's a little thief. She's a nasty little thief. All the while, Briggs and Dega yes. are on his tail. Mm. So they're trying to get him while he's getting away, and they are dealing with their own sort of AI of sorts, where they're putting they're mapping his face onto different people and sending yes. them all over. We see Ethan run <laughs> across. Yeah. Like, that's where you're that's where I'm laughing. I'm laughing. I literally pointed <laughs> as Ethan's running in the rafters and laughed and laughed. That's the clever filmmaking I come to these movies for. Yeah. You have so many plates mm-hmm. spinning and you just can't wait. You know that they're going to crash at some point. 
But that's you, when it gets fun. When it's, it's not just him going after someone, and then you see that first they're going after him, then she pick, pickpockets this guy because she's also going after the key. Yeah. But at the same time, he's on a he's kind of on a clock because they're coming after him. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Benji and Luther <laughs> discover there's a nuclear bomb in the baggage area. Mm-hmm. So Benji takes off to. Uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? What, b- the de- baggage claim? Declass. What do you, oh, what he's do you- got to defuse. <laughs> fuse the bomb. Yes. The opposite of lighting the fuse. Yes. He's got to defuse it. He's got to. I wish. I kind of wanted them to do some fun stuff in baggage claim. Yeah. Uh, like a fight. Like in Toy Story 2. Mm. When he, like he's got to jump on and he's riding. Because yeah. I want him to do some stunts. It'd be fun. But he just kind of finds the bag. He immediately finds the bag and then unlocks the thing. And it's a little riddle. Mm -hmm. It has eight little riddles or something. And this is fun and funny because they don't tell Ethan until it's kind of too late. But they ask him one of the riddles. And it's just funny. This is is one of my favorite parts. Sorry to bother you. (laughs) But do you know what goes is always going forward and has no mouth or whatever? Yeah. And he's like, what? <laughs> it's just one of those comedy moments that this movie lacks. That's what I want from these movies is what is lacking. And then we get some of it here. Yeah. This is one of my favorite sequences. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be a stunt. It doesn't have to be a chase. No, because I when I think about the movies and I go, like, this one doesn't have a lot of that. It's like, that's not all the movies are. No. Because I talked to someone this weekend that I try not to be mad at, mm-hmm. but they said, <laughs> this guy said, yeah, they're kind of a stunt reel as my, I, for, for him as much of a movie. And I'm like, but it's in the context of that's he, buddy, you I had- are supposed to feel the problem with action movies now yes. is that you are not invested in the in the danger yes. on screen and the action because they're not doing it for real right like that's why he's doing it it's not just for him to show off no but it, that also is not the point of the movie it's like what what are the steps that get them to these crazy like what he will do to save the world yeah. and these little parts are all part of spy i like spies Yes. Yes. That's I want someone to have to solve some sort of some sort of cryptic thing and yeah. have some little you are done. <laughs> <laughs> it's my last name. Like it's not that's, what's, that's why it's fun. And like in Ghost Protocol, you look at the Burj Khalifa scene. Mm-hmm. He's climbing the tallest building in the world. But what you what makes that scene work so well is that there is a whole other tense scenario of people the masks don't print so they have to hope that what's or nuts doesn't know who yeah. she's supposed to meet with so there's that whole thing where they're meeting with someone who could kill them at any second because they're not supposed to meet and they can't bring weapons or whatever so there, there's this whole other aspect going on Mixed with a guy literally climbing up the side of a building with a faulty glove and he can only go so fast to get to the the right floor. It's just it's it's all of these things together that mm-hmm. make it work where in this one, some of that stuff didn't feel as tense and like uh, as 
fun mm-hmm. as some of the other ones, which seven movies, they're not all going to be the best movie ever made, which like three of them are. <laughs> so, you know, but I had a similar conversation with someone that I wanted to punch. <laughs> no, but they said like, uh, as an actor, I think it's, it's actually bad for him to take the audience out of the movie because they will like lean over to their, whoever they're sitting with and be like, he's actually doing that. And I said, you imbecile. Someone loving the movie. I said, as an actor, the fact that he's authentically, he wants acting. acting. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't you uh, just the whole thing. And that's the spectacle of filmmaking. Don't you want the audience to be excited? Sure. And to say, who cares if you say he's really doing that? Great. <laughs> yeah, Is it, yeah. Do you want me to rather just go? Right. Because it's all CGI? Right. Like, Well, and the, the authenticity of having the actual actor do it, like you were saying, it you can feel the stakes. Even if I, what I always say is, and what I said to this person, if my grandpa went to see this movie who doesn't know one, he, he doesn't know anything about the making of these movies. Yes. So if he went to see this movie, he would still feel the tac- the tactile sort of stakes involved when you see Tom Cruise's face literally flapping in the wind when he's falling down from a mountain after you just drove a motorcycle off the side of a cliff and he he will feel the stakes of people really feeling like they're punching each other and stuff like the scene in fallout when they're destroying the bathroom you just you feel it more than you do when it's a cgi double or you know it has to be an extreme wide shot because it's all stunt doubles and skipping ahead a little bit reading today about the train sequence which has maybe some of the most cg of like yeah one of their you know whatever mm-hmm. like main stunts or whatever mm-hmm. main action sequences they were still hanging above the ground doing that yeah and they said how Haley out when when he says like you need to jump and they had it rigged to break under her. Yeah. And they're like, she shook her head no. She's like, that was real. I was telling him no. Yeah. Because I, <laughs> I couldn't do it. Like, those are real emotions. Mm-hmm. And you can tell someone can be a great actor and they can do the same thing. Sure. But to get someone to be scared and to be tired, like, they're exhausted from doing like. Yeah. And you're seeing it on screen. You can just tell. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the fun stuff. I just like to be an actor and to say that the actor being in every scene of the movie takes you out of the movie. It just seems antithetical to being an actor, (laughs) but I don't know. Anyway, so the airport scene is awesome. I love it. They Haley Atwell's character gets the key, mm. takes it to Rome. Ethan has to go to Rome. Well, and before that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> am I falling asleep? <laughs> <laughs> what 
we've got the great and another stunt he does in this movie, right? Where he's Whoa! He's got the <laughs> right. He's got one piece, and then you're gonna want to zoom in on this because he pulls the other piece out, right? <laughs> and they did that for real too. Yeah. And that was apparently one of the harder stunts. Did yeah. you listen to that podcast? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> because in the first one, mm-hmm. he does the sleight of hand, right? And I believe it was helped with computer. See, it's it's impossible to do what he's doing. Oh, really? He's got like a. F- have you? Did you see the scene? He's got like a floppy disk, and he's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, and he makes it disappear. But it's like the way that you would have to set that up to just show this guy. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, uh-uh. oh. and then he goes and pulls it out of her pocket. Right. I think what they did was he's like, what can we do that's that mm-hmm. but real? real? Yeah. yeah. So you love him. You I, love him for doing it because he likes it. He's like, <laughs> he sees magic and he goes, I want to do that. Yeah, well, and. Like he said on the uh, Light the Fuse podcast, uh, we were not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> fake. We were not going to fake it. And we were they, not going to have a computer. They kept watching it. He's like, I can see the key. Yeah. I can see the key. Yeah, I can great. see the key. I love right. Him. And he's getting madder and madder because he can't get it. Mm-hmm. I just love the commitment. Yeah. And why? Who? Why would? Shut up. Mm-hmm. It's cool. They could actually fake that. I don't want to. I don't want the the now you see me too where it's like that's all fake. It's just crazy because it's it's people that and I you know Tom Cruise is a pr- problematic person mm-hmm. in real life and there was a time when I was a little edgier when I would have gone on my big rant about how he's actually more human than all of us and mm-hmm. we actually should look up to him for the way that he believes and what he believes. But I'm not going to do that anymore. But you have to respect his commitment to his craft. Mm -hmm. You have to, especially if you're in the industry. And I think people are now, but there's still those people that don't. And I'm just like, like this guy who said this, you, you're in the, you're in the industry Mm -hmm. and you're saying he's not good the things that people are fighting for yeah like fighting against we don't want you to have our likenesses so you can just make us cg right you can just use us use use our faces on fake people forever here's a guy but he should risking his life i'm tired to be in those scenes i'm tired of hearing about it then go stick your head in the sand i'm sick of you you know what it makes me want to do what here Makes me so fucking mad. (laughs) You bent it. (laughs) All right. Well, that's been part one of our dead reckoning part one (laughs) review. So now we'll get through the last bit. Let's uh, go through part two starting now. Okay. They go to Rome. They go to Rome. They go to Rome. He finds her. He walks in. He's her lawyer. She's like, lawyer. He's like, I'm a lawyer now. Mm hmm. He gets her out. Uh, she double crosses him again. Uh, mm. She goes out. Now, um, Palm Clementif or whatever her name is, yeah. is also after. She's kind of the hench, the right-hand henchy for Gabriel. Gabe's hench. She's after them. Sp- Spade and Degas are after them. Yeah. Tom is after Haley. Mm-hmm. 
Haley gets in car. Mm-hmm. Tom takes off on motorcycle. You say, yes. Here we go. Did they not do a chase through Rome in Fallout? I don't remember the cities they go to. It was... Is Rome the same place where the, the huge roundabout is? That's that's Paris. Oh, okay. I believe because that's the that's the yeah, that's right the Palm de Palm de uh, Palm de uh, right. Palm de Frere. How are you gonna get into your house later? It doesn't matter. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, it they went ar- didn't they go around a roundabout in this movie? And I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, there's, we do I this? mean, there's a thing with with. Um, European cities that all look the same. European cities and and not like America. Car chase scenes. Oh, you know where yeah. it's like they're fun. I don't want to. I don't want people to think I didn't like this movie. Yeah, but it just seems so weirdly paced. Well, here's what because he's also like he runs on top of the airport for no reason. And I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> well, and then because you have to, you have to show him run. But most of the movies are like, McHugh's like, we start with. <laughs> Uh, we want to start with a big set piece. It's like they want you to be part of the action. Then there's like these weird things, and then they're at the airport and they're chasing him. Then all of a sudden, there's like, oh, and now there's a chase and the car, you know, the car and the motorcycle. She takes the police car. He takes the police motorcycle. That's fun because they're things that they haven't driven before. <laughs> that's fun. No, I love this chase because that's fun. And then. They get stopped. He handcuffs her to him. Mm-hmm. And then he realizes he handcuffed her to the wrong hand. So he yeah. can't drive. She has to drive. I like this. I feel I can see them coming up with yeah, this. Yeah, like, oh, God. Oh, she has to drive. He has to help her. He has to drive one-handed. Because he's probably like, what's harder than driving? Driving one-handed. Right. So we do this. And then they switch places. They, they drive and break the doors off mm-hmm. so so it's also an added like just kind of cool like they're really driving with no doors yeah it's <laughs> just an added element of danger that you're like i love this <laughs> i love these movies and then they get stopped again and he he has an imf vehicle that he has access i like to. that they should because he always has access to stuff sometimes yeah and we don't get to see that like i'm finding us a vehicle like i just love that shit where <laughs> no matter where you go in the world it's like here's an untraceable credit card that uh-huh. you can get from a vending machine yeah, yeah if yeah. you know the code or yeah, like yeah. here's the car and then you see all of the cool cars yeah. and the music swells it's just <laughs> it, funny meet me a little fiat <laughs> And We're having fun. And he doesn't know how to use it because it's like a little <laughs> dial. It's a dial for some reason. <laughs> and it's so it's such a long scene of him trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. That was that's great. That's funny. And it's just funny. It's a little fiat. But it just felt like um It's funny. They said this isn't a cool car chase, this is a funny car chase now. But it was like in Fallout, it was kind of like that's the that was the feeling of the whole movie. Yeah. Like even when it's serious, mm-hmm. it's like he pulls his little thing out of his helmet and he can't breathe. Like yeah. serious things are still kind of like, Oh, what's he going to do that? It's like up to this point, there's been none of that. Then all of a sudden it's a comedy. <laughs> and I was like, the airport scene is kind of funny. It is, it, but it takes some time to get into it. And he's got the little key thing. And, and who, who did the fake bomb? Is that the entity? The entity did it, but I don't know why. 
And it knew Benji was going to find it. Yeah. Because I guess it knows it everything. Kind of, yeah. It knows. But like, why did it send him to do that? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> so they're driving the Fiat around, which is cool to see this car chase and like, well, what if it was kind of a funny car? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's still cool. I still don't know how they do all these. I think it was in Fallout where they were filming it. Like they're just, they were actually like driving the car downstairs yeah, yeah, in yeah. town. Yeah. I don't know how they let them do that. Yeah. In like historic of... places. They're like, what if we destroyed the steps? <laughs> so they're doing that here. It's spinning down the stairs and then Palms kind of got the, she's got a big rig, a big rig. That's unstoppable. Mm-hmm. She loves it. She's, she's like the Joker. It's yeah. chaos for chaos sake. <laughs> she's just smashing into every single <laughs> car she can. So that's kind of fun. How does this scene end? No, nah, I don't remember. They yeah. get away? They get away, uh, of course. Oh, I think d- she gets away from Tom again. Mm-hmm. And then Benji and Ving find him. Well, they go down. They had the, to split up. Yeah, because somehow from the when they crash, the handcuffs break. Right, right, right. Kind of weird. Oh, that's right. They go down into the train and he's about to get hit by a train, but he pulls the steering wheel off. Oh, they don't they don't break. That's right. She yeah. she had done that while yeah. he wasn't noticing. Yeah. He's about to get hit by a train. I'm always like, she's on his side kind of, but like she leaves him to die. That's another complaint of the movie is there are one too many times where she double crosses him. Like in a way that's not just like sorry. Like sometimes right. that happens in the movies where it's a like, it's a stumbling block for yeah, someone. Like, like earlier when she got all those men to think he was groping her or whatever. Yeah. And like, yeah, exactly. Like, like it just kind of dampens the time that he can get to her. Yeah. Or like you lock someone in a restaurant something. Yeah. A but restaurant. To like a restroom. Oh, I thought you said a restaurant, a restroom. Yeah. You lock someone in a restaurant. Then the guy behind the counter is like, you want some of spaghetti? So, <laughs> But to leave him to get hit by a train. Well, she she throws the paperclip in. But what if he didn't get it? Well, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't get the paperclip. He, by sheer force of will, that's what. But like ripped the steering wheel. What if he didn't do that? I think. I know that it's a movie. Well, I think she and the movie both know that he's going to. But still, you would kind of be like, uh, that's kind of fucked. My God. Um, Joey's strong, like Tom. That's how you get the steering wheel off. Like that. Just sheer force of steel. He pulls it off. The train goes by. Then he has to walk out into the street with the steering wheel. That's funny. Then Benji gets him. Then Mm. they go and I think reestablish what they're after again Mm -hmm. some more exposition rebecca ferguson is there uh don't read that you'll be mad (laughs) and then uh we're doing this and stuff (laughs) (laughs) and then um who cares what happens next no uh god what happens next now i'm flustered yeah they go to a party do they, they go to the party? Yeah, because Rebecca is still around. They go to the party. Mm-hmm. The White Widow, Vanessa Kirby, has the other key. Mm-hmm. They go to the party. 
Gabriel's there. He reveals that the party has been hosted by the entity itself. And then the camera zooms in on the entity because it everything has the UI of the entity. Yeah. It's like we know it's the entity because it's little bubbles. Yeah, little digital bubbles. It's the little eye. It's the eye. And even the lighting kind of throughout the movie is slowly mm. like like there was some point in the I didn't get this. Oh. Can you explain this scene to me? What? Why is the entity throwing a party? <laughs> I don't know. The entity knows all, sees all. Why does it care? And then do do the people the, the do the people at the party know that it's AI? Like, do they know it's the entity throwing the party? No, I don't think so. I think so Is it just because it looks cool? Yeah. And it's, I think it just wants the, I think they're, the movie is just wanting you to know that the entity is even more powerful than you could imagine. It can throw a party in Rome. It's this, these set pieces that I don't, I, I, I don't know. I got to see it again. Yeah. But it's stuff like that where I'm just like, I don't get why it's throwing a party. And then it's also like, but it's bad. Like when you find out that it's the entity throwing the party, it's like, <laughs> The oh, way they no. show everything is like, oh no, like, like it's, it's still, a frat guy. Yeah, it's still just a party. And then, but they need to get the key. But it's like, so they're throwing a party so they would all get together. Here's what I like. I always like in these when Haley Atwell has the key. Mm-hmm. She puts it in the guy's pocket, mm-hmm. and he, like the one of the bad guys' pocket. In I think she puts it in Adam Driver's pocket. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And. It's just fun to know for at least a while they have the thing that they are wanting. Mm-hmm. That's just fun. And it happens. I'm pretty sure it hap- that's in that f- the first movie the, with the little floppy disk that you're talking about. Well, yeah. So he makes it disappear. He does this and he's got it, right? <laughs> yeah. And then he, then he makes it. He rubs his hand and he's like, see, it's not there. And he makes <laughs> it disappear and then he pulls it out and he's, and then the guy's like, that's not the floppy disk. Yeah. And he's like, but remember downstairs? And, and he kind of thinks about it. And then the guy gets mad. So he throws his copy away. Yeah. Cause he realizes Tom has the right one. Mm-hmm. And then Tom goes to the wastebasket and pulls it out because <laughs> the it. guy had the right one. Yeah, yeah. He just pretended he yeah. stole it from him. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's, that's fun. Cool. So they kind of always do this, but it's always fun to me. Do more of that. Well, they are, this whole movie is that. <laughs> no, do more of it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay, so the party. So Gabriel reveals that either Rebecca or Haley have to die. Mm. One or the other. You can pick, or I'll pick for you. I don't know if he says that, but <laughs> the entity deems that one of them has to die. Yes. And it's not. It's kind of like in religion when you're like, so. There's like people who think that like the predestination route mm-hmm. is like everything's already written in the big book up, upstairs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, so we don't have free will. So what's the point? That's what. And then there, and then there's the, another sect of people that believe the same thing, but they're like, well, you do have free will. It's just that God knows that eventually you you will freely choose 
to go to heaven or hell mm-hmm. by tithing enough. Yeah. By accepting or not accepting. And I, th- I think that that's what this movie is saying about AI is like, it knows eventually what the routes, which routes need to happen mm-hmm. for it to eventually get to the entity defeating Ethan Hunt. Yeah. But it's hard to wrap your head around while it's happening because it doesn't like just that concept alone is hard to grasp. Well, it's kind (laughs) of like when I went to church one time and we had the pastor talk that no one really, when he talked, you were kind of like, yeah, oh man, yeah, he's doing that today. Another guy must be on vacation. Yeah. And he said, he started with saying, um, it doesn't matter what you do. It's already written that that most people are going to go to hell. Right. He said I you could be you could do everything but it's already you will probably go to hell. Yeah. That's what he told us. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of a quiet church and everyone just kind of left and we said that was a bummer. It's sort of <laughs> that where it's like that doesn't that's kind of hard to wrap your head around. Right. That then it, is it free will that it's that thing. Like what do you like Right. Why? So that's what we're dealing with with AI. It wants to become our God. <laughs> yes. But, but I think what I'm speaking of mostly is just that, like, it seems in this moment, you're like, well, one of them has to die. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Like, the entity is somehow enforcing this sort of action on the world. But no. To Gabriel, he's saying one of one of you has to die for the entity's plan to work. Yes, it's not the entity saying it like make it so that like one of you must be sacrificed. Right. It's saying in my algorithm, yes. it shows me. And I don't know I don't really remember why we don't know which one it is. Because the entity's no. like Arr. Well, I think I think maybe we But like in in any reality where both of these women live, mm-hmm. the entity will die. The entity gets defeated. Mm-hmm. Well, but, because as Luther points out later, with eyes so watery, you wouldn't know what to do. Before he, well, okay. So <laughs> as he he points out, Ethan, the entity knows. That because it killed Rebecca, you will want to kill Gabriel. You can't kill Gabriel because that's what it wants you to do. So because one of them died, it gives Ethan the impetus to get revenge. So if they both lived, he wouldn't want revenge and he wouldn't kill Gabriel. But because Gabriel killed one of them... Ethan does want revenge and will kill Gabriel. Mm-hmm. At least that's what the entity believes. Which is why at the end when he's, I'm not going to kill you, but I want to. Mm-hmm. And you're like, maybe Tom Cruise isn't good at acting. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He's the best. But he doesn't kill. Uh-uh. And that's against the entity's plan, I believe. I think so. That thwarts I, his plan. I don't know how, because you would think in one of his, one of the entities, um, 
many futures, it would see a, a path in which, uh, you know, he kills, mm-hmm. uh, let's say he, he doesn't kill Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Like that, that could be in a future. Yeah. And then he's still, even though he's killed one of those two women. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it's just a lid, like percentage wise. <laughs> I don't it There's just a lot to think about of like, yeah, because also though, Gabriel knows exactly what time a little truck is going to be parked for him to jump off of the train. Mm-hmm. So you would think if Luther is correct, you would think that he, Gabriel knows he has to sacrifice himself at the blade of Ethan. Mm-hmm. And he would be fine with that because he wants the entity to. Because one of the entity win. tell him like you, th- like if that happens, you'll die at this point. Yeah. But why so would maybe he want to die for the entity? I, I don't know. Like, I want this thing to take over the world, but I'm not going to be here to see it. So why do you care? And why does he want? Maybe that is it giving him money? We need to wait for part two because I think some some of these questions will be answered. That's why this is hard. To, yeah, it is hard. So maybe let's stop trying to figure out the because entity. he know because the the train speeds up right, right and that's right. like he knows that because he knows when to jump off. Right. Ethan doesn't know that because he misses he misses the train. Yeah. So he kills uh kills Rebecca. Yes. And the entity has taken over Ethan's technology and is assumed the voice of Simon Pegg's character. Turn right. Turn left. Mate. So he's, <laughs> he, the entity sends Ethan the wrong way so that he can't stop Gabriel from killing one of these women. Mm-hmm. So Gabriel kills Ilsa Faust, mm-hmm. which seems... I don't know. It just seems kind of weird. <laughs> I don't know. It seems weird because I know someone's got to die, but it's like, why? I didn't want it to be her. I didn't want it to be her, but I know it's not going to be Haley Atwell because right. they just brought her into the story. Right. It's weird that they told us it's going to happen. <laughs> it's weird that they pretend she's, I, I never understand movies that, Pretend someone's dead mm-hmm. early in the movie and say, oh, they died. <laughs> yeah. And then they go, just kidding, they didn't. Yeah. And then they die later. It's <laughs> like, well, when you told us they died before, we kind of like, they're not. Right. And you kind of took that moment away. Even mm-hmm. though we knew it was fake, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, but then she does later. And then there's the whole thing of like, this female character has to die yeah. for the male character to have some sort of purpose, mm-hmm. even though she's her own perfectly capable spy right. that has thus far survived. Yeah. It's like, well, she's no Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. So she's got to go. <laughs> she's not important for him to have some sort of purpose. Yeah. And she dies in the same way. This other person we don't know died mm-hmm. because she has these little daggers that she can't seem to swipe him with. <laughs> Yeah, and then that's... he stabs her, and then when we see the flashback earlier, I believe they had been, no, they had a, they got shot, I think, but it's still like he's above her and like shoots her, mm-hmm. and in this he's like on top of her and stabs her. Yeah, and then it's all a little forced. It's like, okay, so that had to happen 
for, of course, in the story for the entity to mm. win. But right. in the larger scale of things and writing this story, why? Because I don't think it adds. I understand, like, yes, it it makes it personal for for Ethan to have to not try and kill this guy. Right. But I feel like it's in his character to not not do that mm-hmm. and not and and to still have the same to have the same uh, I don't know vitriol towards evil as yeah, usual. Yeah. Whether or not one of his friends dies, it's the fact like he tells them right. the mission cannot be more important than any of you. He right. already believes that. Yeah. So then he, it's not going to make him work harder. <laughs> right. He's already working smarter. He's our, yeah. Well, that's, yeah, we have six other movies that prove that he will do anything it takes to stop evil. And I get it. And it's like, but why her? You know, like... You know who is tired? <laughs> Luther. <laughs> well, he... Okay, so Rebecca dies, and then they all kind of reconvene. But then it's kind of like... He's kind of sad. He's sad, but it's also the nature of being in this business. You have you, People are going to die. And I know he says, I don't accept that, but... Unfortunately, you have to when it happens. So uh, Benji's crying in a s- little separate room. We're like, did you guys even talk? <laughs> Why are you so sad? Well, he saw them take a boat earlier. He saw them. Yeah. Uh, he's like, I thought he was going to have a new girlfriend. <laughs> and Luther explains to Ethan. Ethan, you can't kill him. And he's like, but I want to. He's like, Ethan. <laughs> And then he explains that uh, he has a little bit of the entity on his hard drive. So he's like, yeah, I do. <laughs> he's like, Ethan, I'm going to have to go sit in a different room now. Mm-hmm. And I can't talk to you until <laughs> I'm going to be done for this movie. Because I have this USB-C <laughs> hard drive. I have to go into a completely secure room <laughs> separate from everyone else and sit at a computer for the next movie. So I'll be doing that. <laughs> and Tom's like, Luther, I vow to you that you will never have to walk in another movie. <laughs> I love Ving Rhames. He's great. Yeah. His hat is always slightly <laughs> askew. It's not covering his ears. He's just wearing a little beanie that's barely on his head. Yeah, he packs he's, it for looks. He's great. Ethan. Ethan. Even though we just found out computers are not safe anymore. Well, he has to that's why he's going to a completely <laughs> secure room. They always they always gave a little like and actually this is off the grid internet mm-hmm. because it's a it's a little Chinese satellite. <laughs> we got to hack a Cold War satellite. That's kind of fun though. Yeah. And Luther tells Haley Atwell that we, you know we've all we have we've all made the choice to join IMF and this is kind of her her moment where she realizes she ha- she needs to pick a side kind mm-hmm. of she can't be playing one way or the other and they hatch this plan to go on the train and get the other key from the wit- white widow haley's going to wear a mask as the white widow tom will be adam driver <laughs> the mask machine fails Again, 
so that he can't be Adam Driver, so he's going to have to find a different way to get onto the train. She's She decides, okay, I'm going to... I'm going to do this, and then maybe at the end of it, I will talk to Kittredge and make the choice to join IMF or decline and try to figure my life out on my own. Do you think they're happy that the mask technology were, uh, exists in this universe? <laughs> or do you think it's a burden that they constantly have to find a way to, to have it not work? I, Well, I think both, because it is... Because they use it. They use it, and it's always... A fun and easy way to be like, you. it's a good tool that you can easily use to get whatever you need to get. But it's too but good also, of a tool. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and it's like that scene in 3 when Philip Seymour Hoffman is being Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. It's just fun. You're like, God, how much I, fun is that? And I, in this, when I, Vanessa Kirby has to be Haley Atwell trying to be Vanessa Kirby, you're like, that's just got to be fun as an actor. Yeah. And it's fun to watch. Because you get to see that actor act like someone else, not act like, oh, how would she act as this person? Yeah. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like in Fallout, they did a good job because he breaks it by hitting someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in this one, it's sort of like, oh, it broke again. Yeah. It's like, Why <laughs> does this shit keep breaking? Yeah. None of your other stuff just breaks like this. And in, in Ghost Protocol, it didn't work because it, they were using all like old stuff get a new one yeah so she says okay we'll do it but the mask machine breaks so you got to go alone if this is interesting oh. they get to the train mm -hmm. they get on the train the white widow is with her little adam driver and she says don't bother me before the meeting right and she go and i thought she was already i thought this was grace because they do a, a very cool thing when she goes into the room mm -hmm. and she kind of has a like a anxiety attack. Yeah. She's nervous. She's nervous. And so you're like, okay, Grace is nervous. Mm -hmm. no! no. We finally got to see the White Widow without her putting on her airs yes. of being this, you know, the family business of the arms dealer. Yeah. She's nervous She's about nervous. this. She actually doesn't want him to bother her before this meeting. Yeah. So then when she opens the thing and you see the other one, uh -huh. you go, this is what I like about these movies. <laughs> We've finally gotten to it two and a half hours in. So she knocks her out. She's wearing a different outfit. Mm -hmm. She comes out and he's like, oh, you changed. She, she's, and she goes, you never will. Yeah. And he goes, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she goes to meet the buyer. It's bum, 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 Kittredge. Yep. I don't still quite know how we're supposed to feel about this. Hello, White Widow. At it, In the moment, you're like, oh. Mm -hmm. But then by the end, he's still a good guy, I guess. We're do like, they know that he's, do they know that he's CIA? I think so. Yeah, because the White Widow is like, he knows the White Widow. Mm -hmm. He's like, I remember when you were nine and. Yeah. At the Christmas party or whatever. But then when Briggs and Degas come in. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not here. That, that sort of, I thought that was going to sort of shift them because they've been talking about Ethan and they're like, hey, maybe we're freaking wrong about this guy. Right. Hoss. <laughs> and then when they see him there, they're like, oh. Ethan's right. Ethan's right. And they're going to try to help him. Yeah. Because they, they kind of do. They kind of do, and then but then they try to shoot him when he flies away. Well, because he's like, Ethan, he, don't do 
it. He's about to, but then he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. So they're torn. They're it's torn. Cool. <laughs> uh, but they see him. Yeah, because he's in there, and he's like, "I'm not here." And you know, if you have two nuts about yourself, you aren't here either. Or whatever. Wink, wink. Right. You didn't see me. Uh, so that's happening. They Meanwhile, broken the train beyond repair. Yes. So it's going, the choo-choo is going faster and faster. Runaway train, Ethan, which makes Ethan not be able to get onto the train where he's supposed to, because he, it has timed out perfect. Here's the thing. Why didn't he just wait? He knows where the train's going. Mm-hmm. It's point A to point B. Like, why is he then having to take off on a motorcycle from somewhere else? Yeah, like, if you go there, 60 like, miles per hour in th- five minutes, you should meet it at this point, and you can hop on. Otherwise, you're going to have to figure out a completely crazy way to get onto the train. Why don't you wait here? Right. Uh, just wait there. And then when you see the train coming, just jump. <laughs> get onto it. But then we wouldn't have the fun stunt. We wouldn't have the fun stunt of... And I... I'm very unsure about the geography of getting there mm-hmm. where he misses the train. Yeah. It like is may is the train going around the mountain? So I he think just so. has to go up. Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Uh, it just seems like it would take a while. If the yeah, train's yeah. going that fast that he missed it on a motorcycle. Yeah. And it doesn't quite work out. He probably, gets to the but... top enough time to then also sit there and think about it. Yeah. And Benji says, just jump. And Tom says, jump. And we're kind of having fun. We're having fun. But I, and I like this movie. <laughs> but he has done so much. Cra- he jumped out of an airplane. Like, yeah, yeah, he does yeah. halo jumping. Mm-hmm. He does all this insane shit. And he's like, okay, just jump off a clip with a parachute. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's the easiest thing you could do. And, yeah, and it turns out, yeah, not, that's <laughs> pretty pretty much plain and simple, like, just that. It is but, a crazy thing for a person to do, but we've seen you do stuff. Especially at the beginning of Rogue Nation when he gets onto the airplane and just hangs on Without for dear life. thinking about the yeah, implications. He just, yeah, he just <laughs> runs and does it. And in that, Benji is even like, Oh my God. And he can't believe what he's seeing. Yeah. He's like, you can't do this. You can't do this. Oh my God. He's doing it. And then he does it. But in the, in this Benji suggests it, which I think is fine. Yeah. Like he's seen him do crazy shit. So yeah. he's like, yeah, that's, he's like, that's jump. why I sent you up there. Yeah. <laughs> so Ethan should. And then Ethan goes into like, well, it doesn't just work like that. You can't just jump off the side of a cliff. There's, yeah, there's you know rocks there's and rock. stuff. I you need enough hang time. And then the IMAX camera slowly <laughs> starts to pan around it, and you see a ramp, a CGI <laughs> ramp of rocks behind him. Yeah, and then and then you start to smile, and you say, "I've seen this scene fifteen <laughs> times already, but I can't wait to see it again." Yeah, and it. I'll watch it a million times. He does it. I love that. I love the, he jumps and they just show you in the vastness, <laughs> the silence, and then it cuts to him and the mm. wind. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. It is. Uh, when you've seen him do the other stuff that he's done, this does feel a little lackluster. 
Because we've seen him jump out of hair airplanes and stuff. And airplanes. <laughs> airplanes. <laughs> and I know they had to like plan it. Mm-hmm. But I'm also like, is it that like don't you just go fast and when you jump you let go of the motorcycle? Yeah. I mean it's cool. The, the I'm not bu- saying it's easier that I would do it. I'm <laughs> no, just saying no. like the behind the scenes little fifteen minute featurette that they released before the movie was more exciting <laughs> than what's in the movie. Well, just because you know, we talked about this before for Indiana Jones when we were like they put out the special features before the movie even mm. comes out. I think this is the first time where it's actually made it anticlimactic in the movie. Because there is no resolution of he just jumps off, he lets go of the just like we've seen. Right. He like because before it's like he's on the side of a hell like or on the side of an airplane or something, and you're like, that's crazy. And then you watch the movie and you're like, that's crazy. And you're yeah. with it the whole time and you're <laughs> yeah, like, Yeah, yeah. This is, I don't care that he's got wire, like it's insane well, to do this. And then he, for like for that, then he gets onto the plane mm-hmm. and fights people and there's like a whole action set piece on the plane. This just cuts him falling. Yeah. And then we go back into the train. Yeah, for like another five or six minutes or something. Grace is about to die, right? Yeah. And then he somehow goes through sort of a cartoony window. goes yeah. through a window and kicks them yeah like very and yes the movies are all like very much coincidence and like what if this hadn't have happened i get that it just seems like okay and then he kicks the person mm-hmm. but we don't see we don't see a guy falling out of the sky and then like opening his parachute and like gliding towards a right a train that's moving right that's i that would have liked cool. to see a little more of that we just see him jump off a cliff and then yeah that's kind of that. Yeah. Which is fine. It's just... And then the whole train sequence is fun and awesome. Like, yeah. w- once he's on the train and he's fighting people and then the bridge explodes and the train is falling off and then they have to do the Uncharted thing where they're climbing up each train car as it falls off. Yeah. It's just cool. It's good stuff, and it keeps happening, and it's you're just laughing. so tense. You're, we laugh the entire time because yeah. then it keeps showing that the bridge is starting to collapse under it, and it's like it starts to get slower, but each – and this, the fact that each train car is something different. Yeah, like, it's like the now kitchen in the car kitchen. with the, fat, the deep fat yeah. fryer <laughs> spilling oil all over the place. You're like, God. Then the – That's the, how you escalate. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, the piano, and then finding those little – areas of what's what's tangible like yeah what the they bar can... the railing on the bar i can get to that yeah and it's just awesome that's that's all cool then the piano that like breaks the whole back of the car so you just see how far <laughs> yeah above the ground they are yeah that's awesome and it just it's so long like there is so much of it yeah it just and you can going. feel them getting exhausted mm-hmm. and they said in a thing i read today that was like Tom can only uh, reach so far, and yeah, like Haley can only five. jump so. Yeah, <laughs> I know. When I read that, I was like, "He's not gonna be happy about that." Uh-uh. But then they're like, "Haley can only jump so far." Mm-hmm. We have like they are not superhumans. Yeah, and Tom wanted that to be very apparent. Yeah, they can't do anything more than like. I mean, they they do. Yeah, of but course. it's like it can't be. He's gonna jump in some insane, like you have to feel that he's barely making yeah. it. Yeah. 
And well, you do. Yeah, at the end when he's about to drop her and she like grabs onto his head. Because like, yeah. that's the last thing she can do is just hold onto his neck. It looks like it hurts. did hurt him. Yeah. But then Palm grabs him mm-hmm. and helps him. And uh, she was right. Gabriel said that she was going to betray Gabriel yes. and help Ethan. And uh, in fact, that is what happened. But he stabbed her and killed her like 20 minutes ago. Yeah. And she had enough strength to climb down into a falling train to help Ethan. Lift two people up. (laughs) And then she looked into a mirror and said, Judas, Judas, (laughs) because she betrayed. Yeah. And she couldn't believe it. It was true, which is cool, I guess. I like that part. It just, it strained credulity in that we've seen... Everything that you just said of like these feats of real human mm-hmm. strength with adrenaline and they are super spies and like they they are strong people. They're but, fit as hell, yeah. But it is like realistic in that they can't hold on forever and all this stuff. And then you have a little, I mean, she's also strong and very capable, mm-hmm. but she's a small woman who has been stabbed and probably lost a lot of blood. Yeah. And she climbs down into, she would have to have climbed down into the car or have already been behind that bar. It's one of those fast and furious things where it's like somehow they know what's happening. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you just assume they're dead? Right. Why would you be like, I should go see because he didn't kill me earlier. So I owe him one. Right. Like, yeah, I don't know, but it's fine. I mean, I like that everyone eventually comes around to seeing that Ethan is right. But it also, <laughs> and it, it shows us at the end of the movie that in like so far, even though he, he had the chance to kill Gabriel Gabriel mm-hmm. and didn't, that still has not thwarted what the entity, the entity. thinks is going to happen. Yes. Because she goes, he's right. It, I was, I did betray him. Like it said, so it's still new up to this point. Everything's going according to plan. Yep. Gabriel's not dead, but that doesn't mean he's not going to have another chance. So far, it seems like you're not going to kill. You didn't kill him, mm-hmm. you know. Like, but that doesn't matter so far, right? Because the plan's going as it should for the entity. What does that mean for the larger world? I don't. I don't know. It's all bollocks to me. <laughs> No, it's so then so we end the movie. We the good guys have the keys. They're Ethan does his second parachute mm-hmm. off of the train. Yes, there's only one. There's only, oh no, he goes Palm he, dies. Palm dies and he says there's only one pair no, it only carries one. Yeah. Because I have to use little handles. <laughs> and she goes, Okay, that's fine. <laughs> So, yeah, he leaves her with Kittredge, who I, at this point, thought is a bad guy, but yeah, apparently but then, not. Yeah, because then she goes, he told me, I can trust you. Yeah, and he's like, oh, really? And I'm like, <laughs> I still don't know. What's I your still don't know. fucking deal? <laughs> so maybe we'll find out that he can't. But for now, she takes the oath of the IMF. She chooses to accept the mission and... uh uh, and I know this is not the fault of the movie. Mm. This is just them doing their little behind the scenes things before the movie comes out. 
This was another stunt that was set up as like, there's going to be this high octane, like, <laughs> and I've seen the videos of the guys with their GoPros on their head where they're skimming past mountains yeah. and rocks, you know, two inches from their body and stuff. And they're like, Tom is, you know, riding this like parachute down and he's got to control it. And he's like, you see him flipping around and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then in the movie, he's just kind of like, just, it is that, but it's not. There's no urgency or danger to it. Yeah, he's just kind of gliding. He to, just needed to get down to a car where and Benji's waiting for in him. In the special features, like he needs to land going like 50 miles an hour and run. And yeah. I'm like, kind of look like anyone <laughs> landing a parachute. Yeah. Well, see, what I thought was going to happen because I've seen that little feature mm-hmm. when he bashes through the window of the train, and I was initially disappointed because I was like, so wait, that was it? <laughs> That's all the parachuting we get to see? I know there's a featurette mm-hmm. where he does his flips. But then they make a point to show that his parachute is still out it hanging gets, like, out pulled. the window. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, he's gonna, <laughs> no, I he was gonna he's get, gonna pulled, get pulled back out and have to do that to catch up with the train or whatever, or like catch right at the very like he helped and yeah. then gets sucked back out. Yes. I thought the same exact thing. And then he'd have to to the very end of the train and then fight his way through the train up to the front of the train to save her again. But no, he gets, he gets pulled to the side and then lets his parachute go. And then he's just on the train. But God, I was so excited when I saw the parachute still out the window. I was like, yes, that's how they're going to do it. I just like when you're watching the, the special uh, or when you're watching the dailies or something, Mm. don't you think of that too? Aren't they like we should have done like I've? It seemed like maybe that was, and they cut it. I got, <laughs> I don't know if this is what they're talking about, but did you see Edgar Wright's post on Instagram about the movie? He said he posted about the movie. Edgar Wright, director. He said had the distinct privilege of seeing this come together, and cannot recommend enough the pure pleasure. Uh, blah 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 seen this if you're wondering why i'm thanked at the end of the movie along with my brother oscar and joe cornish it's because we watched early cuts and gave some hopefully constructive notes like less simon peg here or more simon peg here a little joke funny but uh McHugh commented on it he said edgar is being humble here at the last friends and family screening uh, he gave an infuriating obvious note that changed the game in ways great and small. I'll talk about it in detail in part two of the Empire Spoiler Podcast. Oh, my God. Uh, if that makes sense. Thank you kindly, Edgar. <laughs> and so, oh, because he said, I'll talk about it on, <laughs> I'll talk about it on part two of the Empire Spoiler Podcast for part one, if that makes sense. And I said, no. <laughs> but I'm like, I wonder what that note was. Yeah. And I wonder what notes they were getting up to that point where something else out. was screwed up. And he was like, are you guys? Tom Cruise died at the end of this one. <laughs> this is going to be a part two. He's and- like, oh, man, we really should have thought about that. And then Tom Cruise is like, that is such a good note that you gave us. But I'm busy seeing Barbenheimer. I can't wait to see what that note was, but it just seemed like something like that where it's like, Oh, but there's, there's, there's room for this 
more suspense or something, more action here. Yeah. And it's not the fault of the movie, but when you've set up your movies this way and every promo you put out before the movie is like, Tom's crazier than ever. Yeah. There is an expectation from the crowd, unlike your friend saying it takes you out of it. Yeah. That is part of the spectacle when you're doing that, that it's not just the spy movie. You're seeing him do these things, Mm -hmm. which are dangerous. Yes. Yeah. But to set it up that way and then go, okay, well, we kind of got it. And then the big thing is the train, which they are doing. But at the same time, a lot of that is constructed on a set. Yeah. And it's not the tactile like we made Henry Cavill jump out of a plane five times a day for 100 days. <laughs> yeah. And like get knocked around in the air and we didn't know if that was going to be safe or not. Yeah. It's weird. It just seemed a little oddly timed for everything. But I give it the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. It is. We've been told this is the setup. Right. They tell you going in. I think there's a reason why they did that other than just letting you know that it's a two-parter and it's yeah. a big story. It is to say this is this is the setup movie mm-hmm. and you need this to understand what's going on in the second one. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I guess. But it is like what are they what are what are they going to do in the next one? Because they have to ramp it up. Yeah. What well, do you what think do you do? Well, we know they're going to be in the Arctic. So I've seen the Arctic. I've seen South Africa. I don't know what either of those mean. They're going to have to do some underwater diving mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Do you think this, the next one picks up right where this left off in a way of, because they have the keys. Mm-hmm. We can't, there can't be like a time jump. Right. Really. Unless. Or they, or there can, and something has gone wrong. Yeah. But I think the reason they're going to the, they they're gonna go there because that's where the sub is. Yeah, they so have to do I'm that. I'm hoping that's the opening. I hope so and too. It's not gonna go as planned. Yeah, because the whole thing is set around the objective is to get the key in here and turn it off. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's kind of. It's dumb when then you rewatch these and you go, okay, well, the whole first movie doesn't matter because it didn't work or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Which, but there's got to be something that goes on where they they know where the sub is because they know where the bodies were. Right. They just know that the keys disappeared. Well, and And we don't exactly know why or who took them. Remember that Carrie Elways is the only one who knows where it is. Right. And he is killed. But Palm tells Tom the name of the sub so he at least knows what to look for yeah in that regard Mm -hmm. but he might not know exactly where it is but so maybe i just hope that's not the final set piece yeah she's like encyclopedia brown (laughs) he's like what what a sub yeah i i hope that we start there rather than the movie is trying to figure out where it is Mm -hmm. and there's fun and games throughout that. And then we, you know, the government and Gabriel and the IMF crew all meet underwater. And so that's just would not be good to me. I if, I hope it opens with that, but maybe the key works, but it leads them to something else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's only part of the puzzle of actually the entity wanted 
that to happen mm-hmm. because it knew that it would throw them off or, you know, whatever. Yeah. There's something because the problem is with a lot of, with these movies and people like us that listen to all this stuff, they're pretty open about telling us like where they're going and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't want them to say, and then we went right to the Arctic to film part two. And then the end of that movie that I waited a year to see is there. Mm-hmm. That's the big yeah, reveal yeah. is yeah. like, and there's not, it's not a very photogenic, <laughs> If you want to have an action movie, like also those waters would be a cold. Oh, so cold. Well, that's so what I mean. Underwater stuff is is nothing to look at. Mm-hmm. So, that was the problem with Indiana Jones, right? With the underwater scene where it's like, yeah. okay, yeah, that's and that's any underwater scene I've ever seen in a movie, except Rogue Nation when he. Is it Rogue Nation where he's holding yeah. his breath? Like that's tense, but it's still like you said. Well, I know it's not really real. It's not like he's in that. We know he's he's filming underwater, and yeah. you're kind of watching it all as one part. But it's like, well, he can also go up and get air. Well, and <laughs> but with that one too, it plays to the strengths and weaknesses of being underwater, where he is moving slow but the machine is moving fast mm-hmm. and he has to like he drops the little hard drive or whatever yeah it's that's still tense but then what like, what can you do in this one that's, that's what i mean it's not oh he has to hold his breath again right i don't know so hopefully i'm sure i i trust that they've figured out some really cool things to do and didn't i read somewhere that tom and or McHugh are already working on the biggest and best stunt they've ever done for the 10th. Cause I, I thought the, this was or the ninth, the ninth. I thought these were done mm-hmm. after part two. Yeah. But then I read something where it was like, I, I think it was Tom who said like, I, I've, I'm already working on the biggest stunt I've ever done for the next one. <laughs> something, something like that. So, hey, if he's doing them, I'm going into the theater and I'm going to watch him. I don't care how long he does it. He can Uh, do it forever. The two-part story was originally reported to be the end of Ethan Hunt's run, but Mm -hmm. there's really no stopping Tom Cruise, and he and director Chris McQuarrie have suggested there may be more on the horizon for Ethan and the IMF crew. So So I don't know what what else they could do. Yeah. Well, we'll find out, and I'll be there regardless. Uh, what do you rate this movie out of 10? He also said that he wants to still be doing them when he's 80. Yeah. He said, I have two decades to catch up to Harry. Harry, And I was like, yeah, I want to see that. I'll be there. I don't, I don't I give a shit. I want to see shit. the stunts get worse and worse. <laughs> For this, I climb the stairs. <laughs> um, I give this one... Man, I liked it. It's not my favorite. Yeah. I still think I, we both agree that Fallout is Fallout is the best of these. It's the best action movie, probably. I give this one I a six is too low. I give it a I give it a seven. Yeah. A tentative seven when I see how it plays out in the second part. I'm excited to rewatch it. I think I'll probably appreciate it more on mm-hmm. rewatch because it is one of those where you're, the anticipation is affecting you yeah. some way. And 
you know, you just can't. You're going in thinking Fallout. Expectations are high. Yeah. And I hear a lot of this is the best one yet. And then as we're about 30 minutes in <laughs> and it's just close-ups of people talking about AI, you're just like, uh-oh. Yeah. I think we could have... We could have shaved off 20, 20 minutes at least probably and been the better you, for it. Why do but, you think that is that they they feel like it needs to be three hours? I mean, I know that there's enough going on that it warrants a two-parter. Yeah. But why not say it's a two-parter, this one's two hours, two hours, 2.15, yeah. two and a half. I don't know. I think... And like get us to the stuff because... Do they just worry that we're not going to be able to understand sort of yeah the magnitude of the entity? I think so. And frankly, maybe it's just the way that they decided to tell that information wasn't compelling enough. I think they overestimated or I think they underestimated the audience's ability to grasp it and also overestimated the impact that it would have. Mm-hmm. It's like, you can tell me a million times how important it is. I don't care. <laughs> because it, it's, just say it's a bomb. That makes more, you know, that's something we know. That a nuclear warhead, I can understand. That's what I'm saying is if they distilled all that information to like, I guess the idea is that it could change truth. But like, it's such a, it doesn't, but it's like, but what does that mean? Yeah. Like, tell me what that means to you. Right. Me? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's like, you know, why? That's what I'm I'm hoping the next one kind of illustrates that aspect. So we see almost a post. We see the effects of it while they're trying to figure out where it is. Like, maybe that's the first 15 minutes or so of like news stories that don't make sense or, you know, like people starting to get restless rioting and stuff like that. Like just show the impact of what this means for the I wish earth. they would have done that for part one. Well, yeah, I know. Where we're seeing that now and it's like, cause they're saying this well, is happening. And it's like, they held off most of Gabriel's relationship. Like there's, there's so much, it seems like that they left for part two to reveal where mm. it, it didn't give us much of anything to really contend with. So for that, I give it a seven. Oh, and how do you feel about Gabriel as a, as a character? I don't care. <laughs> okay. Why? That's kind of how I feel, which is weird, right? Cause like, even with the last guy, little squeaky, Mm-hmm. He's a cool villain. He's cool because you... And I like when he's driving the car in Fallout. Let's talk about Fallout. <laughs> and he's driving all around with the guy in the straitjacket, and he's just like... Yeah, he's he's unnerving. This guy is, like, too handsome. Yeah. You're like, you could be an IMF agent. And I was just so confused. And he probably I was, is. I just thought he was in another movie, and I forgot. <laughs> the way they set it up is yeah. too weird. Yeah, yeah. So we get a, give it a seven, and until next June... Well... Keep your eyes on the keys. I wanted to do a, a ranking of the movies first. What do you rank them? Um, Fallout. Rogue. Mm. Fallout. Uh, Ghost Protocol. Rogue Nation. 
Oh, interesting. Wait, I forgot about this one. I don't know where I put this one. It for me it's Ghost Protocol no, Fallout Ghost Protocol Rogue Nation 312. Where's this? I don't know. I think it falls below Ghost Protocol for me. Actually, it might fall under number I lo- three is cool. I love three. It might be under three. It might be three. It might be this one and then one two. But one feels two feels too low, doesn't it? But yeah. also, it feels too high. But they're it? all. That's the problem. That's they're the, all good. <laughs> they're all good. To me, six, four. Yep. Three and five are kind of tied for Mm -hmm. me because I do love three. Yeah. But I go. They're just different. They're different. Yeah. They're different movies now. Yeah. That's the thing. But three really is just a great action movie. And you want to talk about stakes? Mm -hmm. That scene. The scene. He's tied up. Yeah. And he's crying. Don't. I watched a a video (laughs) about a. uh, It was a, a guy that used to work for a organization in the CAA like this. And he was reviewing scenes from the movies and mm-hmm. saying, this is what we wouldn't do. He's like, our masks don't look like that. I'm like, <laughs> you have masks? And he's just like. Was this Sasha Baron Cohen? <laughs> His head's eight times <laughs> the size of a real Our human. heads do not look like that. Our masks do not look like that. Our nose is huge. Let's wear my eyes go in the mask. Anyway, crazy go mask. on. There were some other things he's talking about where he's like, yeah, that's that's how we would do that. And I'm just like, it was just like stuff that I thought was made up. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, that's how we'd do that. But uh, they're talking about that scene from 3 huh. where he's threatening, you know, to shoot her. And mm-hmm. he's, keeps, he's like pleading, please don't do this. He's yeah. like, we would, we would never do that. He's like, you, he's not in control of the situation now. And you need to be in control. He's like, what we what we've been told to do is keep saying information about ourselves, like saying our social security number and our name and our birthday, like to throw them off. But I was like, and so he's like, so this scene's not very realistic. I'm like, the guy's pleading. Well, for, like, please don't do this. It's just funny that I think that's the point, though. He he forget he loses his training. I was just like, I don't care how realistic it well, is. That's what I mean. Like, I would say that that's the point. That's that's what I mean. Is like he thinks is the person he loves more than anything is it, about to the die. The point of the scene is showing that he is completely helpless, yeah. and he thinks he's lost all hope. Right. I just it's and to open the movie with that, and then you meet back up with it. But and that's that's a scene where you're like, tell me this guy is not a great actor, mm-hmm. just actor. Don't, don't. God, don't. Please, look at him. So three is great. Then this one. Then one, two. Do you like this one more than one? I I haven't seen one for a while. Me neither. But I mean, one is great. But it it, it's like you said, it's a different thing. Mm. I this scratches more itches for me than than just a strictly kind of spy craft. Mm-hmm. which i love but and then two obviously we can all joke about how like well the action scenes are cool they are but there is like two of them and they're at the end of the movie and the rest of the movie kind of sucks it's sort of about <laughs> how he's hot and how yeah everyone's hot yeah it was a weird time it's like the horny time for movies mm-hmm. 
but it's still cool. He's rock climbing. I remember this one from my from yeah. when I was younger a lot. Yeah. The rock climbing is insane. I remember that. I remember the look of it. Everything's mm-hmm. like red. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. Don't get me wrong. I like it too. But I think there has been a sort of overcorrection of like how good it is. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's certainly when I went back and rewatched them for one of the previous ones, it's certainly one that if you weren't like, oh, there's better things on the horizon. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd be watching them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what another person I talked to recently was like, I saw the first two and I just stopped. And I was like, pick it back up. I promise. If you if you like action and comedy and just fun. To stop right before that, three Mission Possible 3 is J.J. Abrams' best movie. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, what I told everyone who was on this Hear ye, hear ye. On this call, yes, I hijacked a work call to just talk (laughs) about Mission Impossible. But I said, just start with Ghost Protocol. Because a lot of people were like, I haven't seen any of them. I said, just do Ghost Protocol. I think that's... That's actually when we were getting ready for this one, me and the woman with whom I live, Mm -hmm. um, who didn't go see the new one, (laughs) which is, she's like, I do need to see it. But it was boys night. Yeah. Uh, when we, when she's like, well, we need to watch the other ones first. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm okay. Unlike Indiana Jones, yeah, where yeah. it was sort of like from the top, mm-hmm. there's a lot of mission possibles. And I said, let's start at four because that's when they become what they are now. Yeah. And I think in a lot of ways, like fallout is a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. So is a ghost protocol. And I think there's just something for everyone in Ghost Protocol in a way that like Fallout does feel more of like action forward where Ghost Protocol, the fun of it, like the scene where they're sneaking down the hallway and the camera with the camera gag and like that Jer- creates the screen. Yeah. And the when Jeremy Jeremy Renner is like in the little mm-hmm. thing and he's floating on the fan it's, and whatever. There's just so many fun things. It's and, like a dream spy movie. Yeah. It's, it's got something for everyone. I love it. Yeah. But, and he's got a shiny suit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's our review. If you agreed with us, if you listen to the whole thing, comment with a middle finger. <laughs> and if you agree with our rating, comment with a middle finger. Mm-hmm. And if you don't agree with our rating, Comment with a middle finger. Bye. Bye. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. Home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening.